some Christmas spirit. I'm getting there. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Just because I don't want to watch Christmas movies every night doesn't mean I don't have Christmas spirit. What else are you supposed to do in December? Sometimes I want to watch something different. <laughs> no, you want to watch the same shit that you watch in November. In December. December is designated Christmas movie watching month. Yeah, we do a lot Sorry, of that. Sorry, not even. Just 25 days of it. Okay, yeah. But I also have been watching a lot of Christmas movies with our daughter when I'm no. home with her. Yeah. What you, no, you're not. We're watching <laughs> we watch the, the same. Huh? We're watching the same Christmas movie with our child. Sometimes. Uh, we've been branching out to new ones. Well, this is news to me. Yeah. What are you branching out to watch? Well, we watched The Grinch the other day. Which one? Um, Not the Jim Carrey one. It's too scary? I think so. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> My point is, you need some Christmas spirit. All right. Well, I mean, I wrapped some gifts today that made me feel a little more... Cheerful. Yeah. And I got a lot of my shopping done this weekend online. So. Procrastinator. Yeah. Sorry. Welcome to While She's Napping. (laughs) I am Adam. And I'm Cindy, the The procrastinator. Yeah. (laughs) You need to get this done in early November. Oh, you're ridiculous. You're done by like Halloween. No. I start after Halloween. Okay. I don't start until Thanksgiving usually. Yeah, that's when everybody else starts and then everything's out of stock. It's fine. I have everything. Everything that I wanted to get, I got this weekend. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, so last week, was that the Thanksgiving episode that we covered last week? I think it was, right? Yes. Yeah. Already Thanksgiving seems like months ago. It does. Well, everything in 2020 seems to drag on (laughs) or take forever. Um, Got some good feedback on the Thanksgiving episode. No one called us out for our lack of knowledge in uh, civics. History and, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly because we called ourselves out during the episode. So We'll um, revisit some of that. You can't outdo us when it comes to calling us out. Right. (laughs) We're fully aware and working on it. (laughs) Well, hey, we appreciate people tuning in to uh, the aspect of the American Thanksgiving. Um, Didn't get any uh, inquiries regarding whether or not they've never heard of American Thanksgiving, which Mm -hmm. leads me to believe it's pretty ubiquitous throughout the entire world. Um, So that being said, uh, we appreciate the downloads. We appreciate the listens. Um, If you're here for a little bit more serious conversation. Um, I, don't, I don't know how far we're going to take this, but we'll see. Um, we welcome you here. If you stumble, stumbled upon this accidentally, arbitrarily, from any social media platform, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, we welcome you to the show. We hope you enjoy it. And while you're here, don't even think about it. Just hit the subscribe button. Don't smash it. I don't get why people say smash the subscribe button. Just lightly tap it. You used it. to say it. Just lightly. <laughs> just give it a nice gentle touch. Yeah, that's all it takes. Maybe a rub. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I tried to hit subscribe and rub my finger on the subscribe button. <laughs> Try. Would you it got turn your new pink? fancy phone. I do. I have the iPhone 12. And I'm not usually a new phone type of person. This is an amazing phone. And it was a really good deal. I basically paid nothing for it. Yeah. 
Shout out to T-Mobile. Yep. T-Mobile, sponsor us. <laughs> We've been sponsoring you from for our wallets. For a long wallets. time. Yeah. yeah. For over a decade. Probably. Anyways, m- gently massage that s- subscribe button <laughs> and uh, leave us a review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Um, but if you don't, uh, consume your podcast audio from Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, uh, Amazon Podcast. Now, Amazon had podcasts. Did you know that? I did not know that. Mm, they have their own podcast platform now. It's part of Amazon. I, actually, Music. I think you told me about that a while ago. When, it, but neither of us understood really no. what it was or how it worked. Remember Pandora? We're on there. Yep. And we're on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So if you consume your media via YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you'd like to get on the conversation, you can by visiting our social media places. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash while she's napping. On Instagram at while she's napping. On Twitter at she's napping pod. Or you can email us at while she's napping at gmail.com. Just going to go ahead and break the fourth wall real quick in podcasting. Hear that? <laughs> it's, gold, it's, it's ice and glass. Uh, actually not a seltzer this time no i'm enjoying an old-fashioned but in the event that you hear a in the process (laughs) i apologize that is the one thing i hate when i anytime i hear new podcasters and i sound like such a fucking asshole right now but (laughs) chewing eating these deep oh my god yeah (laughs) that i cringe and i turn it off but here i am well, that was one of the first things you got on me about when we first started recording was I came to our first episode ready to record with a glass of wine and you were afraid that you were going to be able to hear me sipping. No one wants to hear. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny that that sound annoys you so much because now the last couple of weeks we've both been working from home and sitting across from each other at the same desks where we I wear we headphones all day. Oh, I know, but I don't, and I can hear you chewing. <laughs> oh, I don't. Eat, um, yeah, yeah, you I do <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, I, well, I like to eat in a hurry. Thing. Yeah, exactly. While I'm working. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> rule of podcasting: don't and you know eat and chew gum or whatever. Don't do that. Um, anyways, so today's topic: uh, the reason why we wanted to cover this is. I I think I speak for both of us when I say I think that this is not just an everyday issue that people have a hard time dealing with letting things go like uh, hobbies getting in the way of their family or obligations um, toxic relationships um, pressure from family or even bad habits or um, I don't know some some sort of emotional issues that you've just never been able to release. That is an everyday occurrence, but now during the pandemic, I believe it's a little bit more pervasive because of um, maybe you're feeling pressure from a family member to visit on the holidays, but uh, depending on the state and the protocols that your state is implementing, maybe you don't feel comfortable doing that. Maybe you work at uh in the front lines maybe you're a nurse a doctor or whatnot and you don't feel comfortable seeing your family members during this but your family member is perhaps pressuring you i am of course just spitballing and i'm not saying that you know with any sense of sarcasm legit i don't know but in the event that you are in that sort of position perhaps this episode will help you 
Right. Yeah. I was also thinking about, um, you know, in any year, the holidays can be stressful when if you're seeing people in your family or friends or whatever that um, you have disagreements or underlying tension with or you don't necessarily have a healthy relationship with everyone who's going to be at the holiday gathering. Um, and, you know, politics can always be right. um, a, a sticky uh, topic in any year. But I feel like this year, compounded with COVID, it's if you're in a situation where you're with family members that you have already had some sort of underlying tension or mm. disagreement with, it's, um, I feel like there are, probably going to be pretty common that there are people in a position where they just have to make a decision to let it go if it that's the whether that's the person themselves and the relationship itself or if it's just letting go of whatever that tradition is that's going to put you in that situation Mm. um where you just have to decide that that's not uh you know healthy (laughs) for you to move forward with um and you just can't can't deal right now um that you might have to let some things go some expectations preconceived notions traditions that you've held close um yeah i feel like that's going to be a pretty common occurrence this year well seeing as though that's the the thing that i feel people are going to have to deal with the most and you pretty much just said that do you want to save that for later and start with the more i don't want to say trivial but maybe the the more common things first or the more relatable things pre and post covid yeah like everyday kind of things yeah Yeah. all right well is there anything that you'd like to share specifically or well i think one interesting thing to point out from the get-go is that this has always been an interesting topic and kind of dynamic in our relationship because in general um i feel like i've always been really bad at letting things go i'm definitely Mm. more kind of uptight and very type a and so we're rewinding to the beginning of this whole podcast series we're going to talk about marriage yeah (laughs) i guess so (laughs) and our relationship well i'm just gonna say that that was day one plan (laughs) for the podcast in episode two we crumbled that up fuck that kind of yeah now we're bringing it back well i'm just i don't want to dive into the the dynamics in our relationship based on this but i'm just saying um for the purposes of the people listening to this conversation i mean it might be very obvious that we kind of approach this differently but i just think it's helpful context to know that i'm coming at it from a place of someone who's never been good at letting things go i've never been good at letting go of um people or toxic relationships or friendships like i am very hesitant to let things go and i kind of will drive myself crazy and spin myself in circles trying to preserve something if Mm. it means something to me and I think to some extent you know that can be beneficial that can be a good thing Um, there's something to be said for perseverance and commitment and things like that but I think there comes a point where you have to learn to, to cut things off when it's not viable and so that's something that I've learned and been working on whereas you've always been someone who's a you you just are more easygoing and I think you're just better at being able to compartmentalize things and I just don't have time. Yeah, you just don't let that shit take up space in your brain the way that I do. Like when something's I don't let fights or arguments take up space. I let small individual comments 
that someone would have made that's true years ago yeah stay and keep me up at night to this to this very day that's a good point you do do that but if i have an incident with someone i don't care yeah i know what you mean but because to the person making the comment it's innocuous right they're not meaning to be (laughs) Yeah, no, you you're know, making me second guess anything I've ever said to you. That no, you no, really no, 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 because I'll, I'll address it with you. True. I don't, it, yeah. You know, what are right. you going to do, leave? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost you more than it's going to cost me. Um, but with someone that doesn't mean to say something mean, but I'm thinking, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? And I'll think about it and I'll say, am I that? Am I this type of whatever this description i don't know and then so you I'll, don't confront the person and ask them what they meant by it no you because just... i try to see if it's legitimate and it takes me months to so figure then it, it would out be it's super awkward to bring yeah it back it's up usually again. like a self-reflection okay um of okay how did that person come to this you know evaluation of me mm-hmm. let me recall my actions to see if there's and usually i'm like oh yeah i i can see why someone thinks that about me i need to fix that and i'll i'll try to fix that okay so you don't necessarily hold on to single comments as a grudge you hold on to them as like motivation or self-reflection or yeah okay i guess that i was Initially, my reaction is that sounds super unhealthy for your relationships with people that they don't realize they said something that bothered you. And here you are months later still analyzing one comment they said where they didn't necessarily mean anything negative by it. And you're hurt by that or you were offended. You should probably address that with the person (laughs) if it's a relationship that you care about. Um, I mean, there have been mean things that I still think about, but I'm not upset about them anymore. Okay. Um, as for, long as it doesn't affect your relationship or the way that you see that person, because you don't want to hold it against them. No. If you don't. If you if you're pretty sure they didn't mean it in a bad way, and you didn't address it with them to try to clarify. No. You know what I mean. No, I I, I, don't, I don't know. So this is people that know us will know what I'm talking about. Um, before we had a child, someone said, "I think you're going to be a shitty dad." to me and i mean there's not very many alternative meanings to that at first i was really upset and then i thought well why did that person say that Mm -hmm. what did i do to make that person draw to this conclusion and after confronting the person he said you did confront oh yeah and the person said dude i was just kidding yeah and i said yes but there must be a seed of there something that There has to be something that, that made you say that. And yeah. I need to know what I need to work on so I'm not a shitty dad. Mm-hmm. You know, when the time comes, at this point, we was weren't before, a child, yeah. you know, or even pregnant. It, right. What I need to know, I need to fix this. And I think the person said, you do worry a lot. And I, I can see you worrying about your child a lot. I said, I think that's fair, right? I Reflecting on my behavior and my idiosyncrasies, I do think I, I worry a lot. 
about small things. Hilarious now in hindsight because I'm the warrior. (laughs) Right. And I said, okay, well, I can see why you would come to that conclusion. Okay, so that wasn't a a thing where you held a grudge and they didn't know that you were upset. I'm not holding a grudge. No, no, no. no. Well, that's where I was going with this about like letting things go that if someone says something to you and you hold on to it and it takes up space in your brain and it upsets you and it affects the way that you view that person or the way Mm. that your relationship functions because they said this one thing to you months or years ago that still eats away at you. Um, That I feel like if that was the case, you would either have to confront the person and figure out what it was that made them say Mm. that and what they meant by it and resolve it or let it go. Because I don't think it's healthy to keep... No, no, no driving yourself crazy over something like that. I hijacked your example. So when it comes to people, (laughs) you have a hard time letting people go. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do this in the first half. And (laughs) I mean, I I figured the COVID stuff can be... Do you want to start with the more trivial shit? Sure. Okay. (laughs) So I had to let go of the podcast. Yeah, that was a, a timely example. Yeah, I had to let go of the passion project that I was doing. Um, if people that have migrated over from that show to this, it doesn't matter. We can talk about it. Um, South of the Six podcast, it was a podcast, um, talking about the Toronto Raptors, uh, started that late 2016, early 2017, um, just built it from the ground up, built the logos by myself, intros, how to tweak audio, better microphones, better microphone skills, better interview skills, better interaction, interpersonal skills, um, how to involve an audience, how to sort of um, use the free tools like Twitter to my advantage to sort of um, gain some more uh, traction, gain some more notoriety. All that built from the ground up. Well, never mind the actual content piece of pulling to on a weekly yeah. basis, pulling together high quality content, analyzing the game and yeah. what was going on with the team, and you stayed on top of all of the news and. Well, I had to watch every game. Yep. Um, not that I w- wasn't really normally doing that anyway, but it was different. You couldn't just casually watch it. You really had to watch I was it, pay attention. The game. You were right. Yeah. You were live tweeting. You were taking mm. notes. Sometimes you were podcasting live during a game. Uh, every time. Oh, podcasting. I yeah, think yeah. meant live tweeting. No, like a live um, broadcast. No, no, maybe once or twice. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I knew eventually when we became pregnant that the demands of fatherhood and me being your spouse um, were going to become more just increasingly more uh, there and for lack of a better way to put that interfering in this passion project um, and I feel really gross saying interfering well, you I can don't say it the other way around sure yes the the passion <laughs> project was interfering but I'm not it, it I gave up the passion project that's so because the, it was interfering with your ability to live up to your own yeah. expectations yeah yeah of i mean it, it's a not dad. a contest right. right it's it's not something that i mean i told you on our anniversary i was thinking about that's when i broke the ice to you about it i said i want to stop this i had been thinking about stopping that podcast 
since November of 2019. Right, like a year already. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is, again, something I built from the ground up. At the amount of hours I put into that podcast on a week, I had to have put in full-time work hours, if not more. That's what it felt like. And I think that's... Um, at maybe least some of 40 your, hours a week. Right. I, I think maybe some of your listeners can't... I mean, they would have no way of realizing that's what was going on behind the scenes leading up to a one-hour podcast a week. Unless were, they are podcasters Sure, themselves. if they were your um, guests or yeah. co-hosts or that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it took up so much time because you had to be so engaged every day all the time. And I think as our daughter got older... She could see that. Well, she, she was, was seeing me fuck around on the phone. All the time. Yeah. And you could, you would just always attach to your phone because if there was a, a breaking news or right. some sort of an update um, on a trade or whatever, and it was all year round. I mean, yeah. you know, because off season with, with trades and stuff like that happening. Well, yeah, because the basketball season usually ends in June from the finals. And traditionally, not this year, but right. traditionally, free agency is July 1st. Right, and you so were I have also, two weeks off. And at some, at one point, you were covering both the Raptors and the Blue Jays. Yeah, so and it was that was your first step. Was you 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 took a step back by eliminating the Blue Jays coverage right. yeah. and just focusing on the Raptors. But even that wasn't enough. It took up way too much time. It was definitely like a like you were working two yeah. full time jobs, and I had to give it up. And you know, it's it sucks, but I mean. The way I usually handle having to give something up that I'm passionate about is there has to be a really good reason. And if there's a really good reason, I'm not going to, going to mourn giving up that thing. Right. I mean, it's it's sad, but I think... I have done um, everything yes. I wanted to do. Oh, I was going to say that, that and... You've and and the connections that you've made will continue. You're giving up the actual podcast, but you've made a lot of new friends. Yeah. You still have opportunities to talk with them. You still have this other Blue Jays podcast that you've joined. Yeah. Stay connected with people. Stay engaged in this, you know, that arena. Um, and I think you've also you've literally exhausted all the options to try to keep it going, and it's just not possible. I mean, it would have been possible if I did it late at night. Uh, there, well, you so that was the number one thing and your health exactly at that point, so like there was a time where i was reflecting on the people that were in the raptors podcasting space and um judging by the charts judging by where i was placed on the apple charts in canada i was always within the top 20 in sports and rec You're not to brag i was number one at a couple of points mm -hmm. but um uh, Raptors aggregator. I was always in the top 10. Um, so I consider myself to be one of the top independent podcasters, shows, whatever, yep. for the Raptors. And when I took a step back and was struggling with, you know, being a dad, being a husband in on the one hand and being as successful as I was with this podcast on the other and how to continue that struggle... I thought, okay, let me look at the list of podcasters and with the exception of maybe one, none of them are parents. And yeah. that's what stuck out the most to me is, and if they are parents, 
if there was someone that was a parent, it wasn't of a two-year-old. Right. It's different when they're older because, like we said, I mean, she could just... All she sees is you being constantly distracted right. and never engaged with her. And it was really affecting your relationship with her. Right. And that was the thing that spoke to me the most is that is you. if people think I just gave up on this in that area you have no idea the type of time that was taken away from my family to do something that, and this isn't me being down on myself, not at all, wasn't going to lead me to make that my full-time job. Right, like you felt like you had kind of maxed out on your opportunity, like like what was going to bring you. If someone said, hey, I'll pay you you $700 a week, to right, be if, a yeah. full-time <laughs> podcaster. And you could quit your other job. Yeah, sure. Okay, fuck yeah. Let's, right. <laughs> and I wouldn't have stopped it. I would have just done that every day for eight hours. Right, that's but the that's only way But that's not an option. Been, no one right. does that. Yeah. And I still have to work full-time, sometimes overtime. Sometimes I'm pulling in 50 hours a week mm-hmm. in my job and that podcast on top of it. It's difficult. Well, that's what I'm saying is I feel like you... Even though you are someone who's pretty good at letting things go, um, I mean, in this, I, I say that when it's in terms of something that's negative or something that, you know, isn't good for you, um, I think you're really good at just kind of cutting it off and not letting it take yeah. up space. But this wasn't that. This was something that you did enjoy that was good for you overall. It wasn't a negative part of your life by any means, but it was negatively affecting another part of your life that was more important to you. And so you had to let it go. I don't know that that's an accurate description because towards the end, it did get to a point where I was saying, I don't want to fucking do this. Like, well, I think it's because, and I'm just No, I was just exhausted my, with it. I, yeah. I, I, I forgot what it was like to be passionate about a team and it became a job so you think that's what made it easy for you to let yeah. it go is that yes. it did become something that was not negative but a kind of a chore in a way in a way yeah yeah i can see that i mean it was a lot of work i mean for- i i hate to disappoint anybody that has you know cross-pollinated and listened to south to the six that is listening to this right now that's not But here's the thing about it that I think gives some solace is, you know, those people, you can, the fact that you're not recording the podcast anymore doesn't mean that you're not still going to, you're still going to interact with those people. Of course. Like you've made great friends and you're still going to continue interacting on Twitter and other social media platforms. And um, you're still going to be a listener of other people's podcasts that you've collaborated with over the years. and. So I feel like even though you're letting go of the podcast, you're not letting you're you're letting go of the piece of it that became a chore and that took I'm away your time. Of the podcast, right? Itself. That took away your time from your family, but you're not letting go of the all the positive aspects, which basically was the people that you connected yes, with. Yes, it was the connections that I made with the people. That's all I really ever wanted, and that and, will continue, right? Because like there was no point that I thought I'm going to be famous. Right. As a result of that. And that's what makes this podcast so easy is because the expectations are so low. Right. That they're almost non-existent and we're just shooting the shit in our basement. It's easy. Yeah. You know, um, for me doing this podcast that we're doing now, I don't really do any prep 
It's just off the cuff. Exactly. Whereas, right. you know, with the South of the Six podcast, you have to do bullet points. You have it was to all the time. Get, you have to book guests, different right. guests if you can every week. Um, that means reaching out to a different person months in advance and say, hey, I have this date available. And sometimes it falls through. Sometimes things shit gets fucked up. Sometimes you have people just bailing on you because they're nervous. It gets messed up. And, you know, when she was a baby, it's easy because she had that designated nap time. It's happening now. You can fucking set your clock to it. She'll be down napping 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on a weekend. And I can schedule a show for that day. Now that doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't. Her naps are unpredictable. The length of the nap is unpredictable. How long it takes to get her down it's, for the nap. <laughs> it's just too much. And for me, yeah, towards the end, it, it made it easier to just sort of let it go because what am I doing? What, yeah. What are we doing here? You know? Yeah, I just think it's interesting because you otherwise... You I'm know, proud well, of not it. Other, yeah, you sh- as you should be. But I'm saying you are a very dedicated person in general. When you... Yeah, I'm dedicated to my family. Yeah, but you're dedicated to, to everything. That's what I'm saying. If, yeah. you, if you decide to do something, you, you fully commit. Like you don't half-ass it. Growing that beard. <laughs> yeah, you're doing that too. <laughs> You've been combing that thing like <laughs> every 10 minutes. That's right. <laughs> Kent combs. Yeah, but... um. Yeah, I just think it because you are such a dedicated, committed person, I find that very interesting, you know, uh, up against the other fact that you're also very good at letting things go. And I think that's what it comes down to is that when it's something that's good for you and that you enjoy and you know is positive, um, you commit fully 100 percent and you're you're able to kind of plow through whatever challenges come along with it. Um because you know that the the reward is worth it. But when it came when something is no longer falling into that category and it's not bringing you joy and it's not fulfilling, you know, a a need that's you know, uh more important than the other ones in your life, then you can just let it go. And as I know that it it wasn't easy necessarily to make this decision, but I know at the same time you say it was, like it's it's no contest. No. It wasn't easy at first, but because yeah. I've been wrestling with this for over a year. Right. It still took you a long time to make that decision. Yeah. It took me about a year to tell you. Yeah. And, you know, there were times where we would argue and I said, I have to go downstairs. I have to do this. And, you know, she's running around upstairs screaming her head off or whatever. And I'd be walking downstairs and I say, I have to end this. Yeah. To myself. And, you know in mid-season I, I can't quit during a season mm-hmm. and once the season ended i knew like it, it was it was done it was time to wrap yeah um so look it's i i mean it's it's easy for me to let this go because i've accomplished everything and more that i wanted to right and I guess the moral of the story for people trying to relate to this is, you know, if you're struggling with something that you're passionate about, but it's getting in the way of your family, whatever it is, and you're not really, it's not paying the bills. I mean, I did make money. I'd made pretty good money on South of the Six. I really did. For a podcaster, I did. Right. But it was like, it wasn't enough to... It wasn't enough to support. It wasn't substantial as, as far as it couldn't have been your salary. 
No, by, no, 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 yeah. no, no. But for a podcast, an independent podcaster, I made good money mm-hmm. doing that show. Right. Um, walking away from that, which is fine. Um, does it help? Yeah, but whatever. Um, I know I'm in a privileged position to be able to say that, but if you're in a state where you have a, a passion for something, whether it's music, whether it's art, whatever, and it's severely interfering in your marriage, in your parenting, in whatever sort of relationship you have, um, my advice is for me, there's nothing more important than family. So either cut it out entirely, which I didn't necessarily do because we're still podcasting, right? So I still am getting that itch scratched a little bit. Sure. Um, or sort of minimize that passion, which is what we're doing right, right. now. Right, and that's what you tried. That's what you did initially. You cut out the Blue Jays and you focused on yeah. one team, yeah. and it kind of was a gradual transition. And like you said, now you've completely let go of your own podcast, but you're still a co-host of another one. You're still connected to all the people that you met yeah. through the podcast and you still are able to shoot the shit about the Raptors with them. But there's not the pressure of having to produce a show Mm-mm. every week. Um, and you, you're you not under the pressure to so uh, intensely watch the games and analyze them and everything. You can kind of just sit back and enjoy your, yeah, your team again. Yeah, I can be again. passive about it. Yeah. And that's the moral of this. If you... if if you're doing something, the only thing I can really relate to when it comes to this is if you're a musician, perhaps, and you know you're, you're having band practice with your bandmates, and you're trying to schedule shows, trying to schedule gigs and whatnot, appearances. Obviously, in a non-pandemic world, depending on where you live, um, maybe you're able to still play out or whatever. Um, and that particular thing is sort of weighing on your family negatively because of the travel you have to do maybe the location of your practice is elsewhere outside of your house or your garage or your basement or whatever um or if it is at your house maybe the noise is interfering with your family or whatnot i've been there i know what it's like um i don't know if if you know that's causing a strain on your relationship with your family perhaps scaling it back in some way maybe you guys can produce music digitally and have it emailed to yourself or you can have uh digital practice sessions i don't know i'm just spitballing there are ways to minimize your passions whatever they are but if it's i find it difficult to go all in on a passion while at the same time going all in on your family right it's not to say that you shouldn't I'm not saying stop them right. Like if you have something, a a hobby or something or a side hustle or whatever that you're passionate about and you love it and it's fulfilling to you and it's overall bringing something very positive into your life, you should keep that up. Don't stop that. Right. But don't go. You have to find the balance. You can't go zero to a hundred with both your family and or your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever and your passion projects. You just can't unless that's your job. Yeah. If it's your job, great. Mm-hmm. More power to you. You are doing what you love. But if it's just a side thing that you're doing to supplement or to r- rather mitigate the monotony of everyday life, trust me, I know mm-hmm. that's that's why we're doing this. Yeah. Great. But 
try to find a way to to make it so it's not interfering in your responsibilities. Right. You have to you have to decide what you can let go. That's going to allow you to sustain the other important parts. And to me, it's easy to just let that chick go. Just let it go. And what am I crying about it? And again, maybe this is toxic masculinity, but what the fuck is crying about it going to do? What is complaining about it going to do? What is you know, bitching about it going to do nothing. It's not bringing it back. It's not changing the circumstances. Yes, but it's okay to be sad about it. But I'm not sad. Yeah, well, because I think you you really did bring it to the to the end. Like you tried every alternative. You exhausted all your options to the point where by the end of it, you weren't that sad to let it go because it was it wasn't what it used to be. Yeah. All right. Um. We're 36 minutes in. Do you okay. want to take a break and sure. talk about people? Yes. <laughs> sort of hijack that. But. That's okay. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah, I guess um, I think everyone's had instances in their life where they've, you know, relationships and people, friendships, relationships with family members come and go and they ebb and flow and sometimes they're strong and sometimes they're not. And I think it's been um, quite a learning experience for me just over the last decade or so moving from, you know, my teenage and college years into being, uh, you know, still, I guess, a young adult. but. Um, I feel like so many of my relationships and friendships have evolved and um, I think back on how I've handled relationships and challenges in the past and how I would handle them now and it's so different. And um, I think a big part of that was not knowing when to let go and when to move on Yeah. Um, from something that wasn't positive or that was, you know, toxic. And yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this, like we said in the yeah. opening, because I feel like so many people are faced with this, especially yeah. around the holidays. Um, so I guess for me, I had, um, I have an example of a of a relative that was the the relationship was quite the roller coaster <laughs> over the years, probably like a fifteen year span of trying to figure out. Um, you know, where we fit in each other's lives um, and what our relationship even was. It was a very unconventional situation, we'll just say. Um, And I think I was super hesitant to let this person go for so long because they were my family. And I think there's a sense of obligation that everyone feels to someone who you're a blood relative of, even though this person, I didn't I didn't even know them my whole life. Um, but I felt like it was sort of my responsibility to be there for them and to develop a relationship and be a support person just by default. Even though I didn't really know them very well, um, I felt like it was automatically my job to step in and, you know, I was going to be, uh, you know, a significant part of their life. 
And I spun my wheels over that for so many years trying to figure it out and being unwilling to admit that we just did not fit in each other's lives. Right. And to admit that that was okay. (laughs) And I think, you know, becoming a mom and uh, having my priorities shift so dramatically um, to doing what's best for my family and for my kid finally gave me the push to let it go. Uh, But I feel like I should have let it go a long time ago. Well, that's when, at least in my experience, when shit gets real. Right. Um, Because, again, I can't speak for everyone, um, but once our child was born, you really get a sense of, okay, who do I want around my kid? Right. It's, it was For me, it was like that, you know, super cliche, but it was like that mama bear, like yeah. instinct. Who do I want? <laughs> to to the yeah. point where just seeing how observant she is mm-hmm. with me and you, um, th- I, I second guess my behavior a lot to the point where, and you say this is no big deal. I'm just using this as a side example. It's more trivial than the person example that you gave, but saying what is my child gonna think when she sees me at parties and stuff holding a beer all the time Mm. you know does is that gonna have a a negative effect because personal experience my dad never drank in front of us ever unless we were at a restaurant Mm -hmm. and he'd get a manhattan straight up one that's it right because it's a special occasion when you go out i guess yeah (laughs) but at parties cookouts nope Never held a beer in his hand, ever, ever. And I don't know if that was his way. I don't want my kids seeing that. Like an intentional yeah. decision. And yeah. so I, it's probably harmless because yeah. it's so, you know, everywhere. And it's not like I'm getting plastered or right. anything. I, I'm drinking responsibly. Mm-hmm. But it's at the same time, do I want my child seeing that? That's just a side example of behavior and when you branch that out to other people, it's okay. If I need to check myself, I need to make sure that the people I'm bringing into the house that are going to be around her or going with her to someone is an example of someone I want around my child. Right. And, and an example of a healthy relationship. Yeah. To, and, and that was kind of where... I it was while I was pregnant where I was, you know, really struggling with this and trying well, not to not to be cliche, but you are hormones are going crazy well, that at that too, point. But so yeah. no no so you're struggling with trying to mend this relationship while at the same time trying to have that sort of mama bear mentality. Right. And, those and also two just things being, are like sort of conflicting. Yeah, and being anxious about becoming a parent for the first time and not knowing what's gonna happen and knowing how dramatically my life was gonna change and do I want to bring this extra layer of, you know, complication and challenge? Like I knew that at this point, my relationship with this person was not going to be mended easily. And it had been a couple years since we had even spoken. Mm. And I knew that I didn't have it in me to give it what it needed to be a healthy relationship. And I had to admit um, that. You didn't have what it needed for this person to be fulfilled. That's right. Yes. So I would have been you okay. You could have done what was necessary for it to be a legitimate, healthy relationship. Well, I think it would have just been, I, I felt like I wasn't in a place to try to 
create the type of relationship that they wanted it to be. Right. So I would have been satisfied with like, let's just be civil when we see each other. It will be fine. We can be cordial and friendly and but I'm not going to be, you know, texting you every day and calling you to hang out on the weekend to babysit my kid. Like, it's just we're not going to go from zero to 60 like that. It's not going to happen. It's going to take time for our relationship to rebuild. And I know I just knew that I wasn't going to have the capacity to do that with a newborn going back to work after 12 weeks, Mm. being a full time working mom, all that. I was like, I just don't have I know I'm not going to have the space to nurture the relationship in order to get it to the place where she needed it to be. And so we went back and forth for, you know, several weeks and I kept saying the same thing and I kept getting the same pushback of basically saying, well, that's not good enough. I want more than that. And so finally, I just had to pull the plug and say, okay, well, I can't give you that. And so... Sorry. If, if you're making the decision that it's all or nothing, then I guess it's nothing. Right. Because I can't give you the all that you're asking for. Yeah, you lasted way longer than what I... And that's what I was saying at the beginning is I'm really bad at making these types of decisions. And I hate being put in a position where I have to make that all or nothing decision. I would rather kind of just let it settle, let it happen organically, see if we can make something work and not have bad blood in the meantime. But I felt like I was being pushed to a point where I I just couldn't get there. And once it was kind of given, once I realized I was being basically presented with an ultimatum, then I was able to say, okay, then no, like I have to let it go because, and and I, I feel like there were probably times in my life where I wouldn't have even, I probably would have given in to what they were asking for and tried and burnt myself out trying to make it work. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't do that. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, when it comes to you, that's something that I have noticed that it's, you do have a tendency to cling to relationships. And I don't know if it's because, and this isn't an insult, it's probably better off this way, that you don't have a lot of extended friends. Like you don't have, you have few close friends that's the way you i want it <laughs> yes you don't have a lot an abundance of casual friends right right so well, i have a lot of acquaintances and stuff through work and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah you know what i mean so especially with someone that is family and the way you were raised to value for family the way you do and that's you know highly not just tossed aside um i can understand why it's difficult for you to sort of walk away from something like that but at the same time, when it's causing you sort of emotional distress in the process, that to me is an immediate indicator of I shouldn't have to stress out about my friendships or mm-hmm. my relationships, right? When when I think of, reflect on the relationships I have now, and of course you sort of limit them and reduce them over time. The older right. you get, the- I think that happens naturally. The less friends you're going to have and the friends that you do have, the tighter you right. become. Um, I, I, I look at that and realize how sort of seamless and effortless those relationships are. Exactly. And that's how it should be. Right. And if there was a friendship that I'm stressed about, 
I don't want to be friends with that person. Right. Get it was the too fuck much out of pressure. my life. I don't, was, I don't need that. Right. It was, it, I felt like, and I think because this person was family and also I think you hit on something interesting that yes, I was brought up to value family. I had a very large extended family and we were all pretty close. Um, and this relative of mine did not have that. She, you know, had a horrible sure. um, background. She had very bad experiences with other members of her family. Sure. And uh, she wasn't shy about telling me those things. And so I felt a responsibility almost to like redeem, you know, what mm. family could mean for her and to show her that she could have a supportive family and people who cared about her and stuff like that. And when I look back on it, I'm like, when we, when our relationship kind of started, I'm like, why the fuck was that put on me as like a teenager? Right. Like, <laughs> or a person in my early 20s when I was in college, like figuring out my own shit. Like, I mean, I genuinely wanted to do that. Like, I just, that's like the empath in me. Like, I just, I wanted to be a good part of of, of her life. Right. But I feel like it was a little unfair and it happened again in the most recent right. correspondence. It was like, this isn't my responsibility to... Well, what was funny about that is it was after my brother died and I said, you should probably just get in touch with this person just to mend the fence. And you had a conversation with that person. And then when I came home from work, you said, oh, I talked to so-and-so. I said, oh, and you said, oh, we're going to do this, this, this. I was like, whoa. Yeah. This was not. Yeah. (laughs) No. It was just to mend the fence. And that was my intention going into it. But like I said, I quickly realized that wasn't satisfactory from yeah. their perspective. And I quickly got kind Squash of roped and beef into is one thing. Yeah. Right. I just wanted there to not be bad blood, That's allow it, it to be yeah. so that if we ever ended up in the same place at the same time at a family gathering, a birthday party, whatever, it's then it could awkward. be okay. Yeah. And we could be friendly. And, um, uh, but that wasn't what, she was looking okay. for. Okay, then yeah, you just walk away. That yeah. to me is an easy deuces. It was. It was easier than it was. I mean, like I said, this had been going on for like 15, 10, 15 years and I had never been able to let that go. Yeah, find it somewhere else. Sorry. That's... Well, and, and here's the other thing. It's the same thing that we were saying about you in the podcast is I genuinely feel like I could not have done anything more. Yeah. Like I was completely honest with myself and with her that this is where I am right now. This is where I am in my life. This is what I can offer to you without driving myself insane because I have a lot of other things going on and my priority is going to be my new baby. And, you know, like you said, your your brother had just passed away. We had a lot of shit going on within yeah. our family. And I just knew I did not have this. It wasn't the right time for me to dive back into that relationship and try to mend it in the way that she wanted. No. Um, and I didn't mean to be hurtful. I didn't want that to hurt her, but I was just being honest. And I, I, I do feel proud of myself for finally advocating for myself in that way and saying, look, I'm sorry, but this isn't good for me or my family. Right. And that's like, I think the first time I've ever been able to really yeah. let someone go in that way and it's gonna get we'll we'll take a shift here it's gonna these types of situations i feel maybe not to the point where you're completely letting go of the relationship um because i do think there's going to be this post-covid hangover type of thing um 
But I'm sure a lot of people are dealing with these these, these types of circumstances now, especially in America. Um, again, I, I don't know um, protocols really outside of the United States and Canada, really outside of North America, I should say. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the holidays, specifically Christmas, um, I can imagine, I, I know of, we're in a fortunate position where we, for the most part, aren't getting pressured to have large gatherings with families, uh, our family at least explicitly isn't telling us fuck those protocols fuck these limits on gatherings no everyone's being understanding and right. respectful of everybody's choices um but i can imagine there are families out there there are people that are following the protocols that have extended family or immediate family that are giving sort of some sort of resistance right. to the protocols or who think that the virus doesn't exist or or something. encouraging them hey it's yeah. one day it's christmas yeah. blah 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 i i want to see my perhaps my grandchildren on Christmas. Don't take that away from me. Sort of guilt tripping your way into there. Right. Um, so I can't tell you how to handle that and you being the listener, not you, Cindy, but um, listener, I can't, if you're dealing with that, I can't tell you what to do. Um, but what I can tell you is, look, again, I do think there's going to be some sort of post-COVID hangover type of thing where people will sort of, you know it's like a bad uh, what is it the walk of shame just being like oh <laughs> fuck why was i like that why yeah. you know why did i pursue that right. um but at the same time stick to your guns if you're saying to yourself look i don't think this is right for my family i had a friend who just canceled christmas eve they always go to his parents mm -hmm. christmas eve and he said we're not doing christmas eve it's canceled and of course his parents being older boomers saying you know giving pushback yep. saying that's fucked up but i just want my christmas right and my friend is saying no sorry this is there are, i have to look out for my child and my wife my mm -hmm. family it's not worth it no yeah and their normal extended family christmas get together on christmas postponed mm -hmm. quote unquote postponed right. whatever that means yeah but it's not happening. They did the same thing for Thanksgiving. They said, nope, just the three of us. Mm -hmm. And I I admire that. I admire the unwavering position of this could be harmful. This participation in these large gatherings, obviously there's some merit behind it. The data suggests that there is merit behind it. I don't want to put my family in danger. And or I, be part of the problem because sure. you could attend something like that and catch it's a super COVID spreader. and be asymptomatic and then go spread it at your work or your kid could bring right. it to their school or their daycare or someone at the grocery store. I mean, but my point is, is there is some sort of I need to look after and do what's right for number one. Right. And not just yourself, but number one to me is you and my child, our right. child. Yeah. Right. I include that in the all-encompassing number one. Mm -hmm. So if for me, I know you've illustrated that it's easy for me, but if someone was giving me pushback, I would say, I don't give a fuck what you think. Right. Yeah, that affects me more than it, it affects you. It does not yeah. matter to me what you think because at the end of the day, I'm not sleeping with you and I'm not putting you to bed. Yeah. I'm sleeping with my wife and putting my child to bed. Yeah. And yeah. 
my elderly mother comes over to help watch the child and she's making a tremendous sacrifice by not doing anything interactive with other people. Right, as to not bring it in. How selfish of me would it be to go and just have outings and gatherings and, oh, hey, mom, you're here to do us a favor. You might get COVID. Right. No, we would never do that. No, I'm just saying how fucked up would that be? So this this season with the holidays and with COVID and everything, I feel like you're not necessarily, you're not letting go of these people or the relationships by, you know, skipping your normal holiday traditions and gatherings. It's just, it's it's letting letting go go of that tradition for one year, letting go of what you would normally do and letting go of the expectations and trying to look at it differently. And, you know, I've been thinking about how we in past years, we've been, wishing for quieter holiday season where we don't where we aren't oh, like i fucking hate it especially before we bought our house because we were always traveling to other people's it's places. the tour we would spend at least the third of the day traveling oh yeah we would go to like four different places yeah, fuck that and <laughs> right you can't it's like you get to one place you sit down you have a drink and it's time to put your coat on and leave to go to the next place and it mm. wasn't relaxing or enjoyable at all and it was and didn't the feel day like, flew by right and it didn't feel like quality time and it was just so hectic and we always despise that aspect Fuck that. and now i'm like okay well now we have a year where we literally don't have to go anywhere <laughs> and we literally we can just stay at home yes and enjoy the day not to say that we're not going to miss our family and friends that we would normally see of course we are but i i'm just trying to find a silver lining and look at it as it's I, an excuse to spend is. a quiet a quiet holiday i, I mean we were going to cater we usually do or you make a feast. And this year I said, let's just fucking make pizza. pizza. (laughs) I know. I know. And yeah, I think part of me feels like, you know, I guess the thing that you're letting go is like, I feel a sense of, well, that, and I feel like a sense of FOMO, like especially if, if you're the only people in your family who aren't getting together and who are skipping the gathering and you're going to be joining on zoom or whatever. And the rest of your family is going to be getting together, doing their normal thing and having a great time and you're missing out yeah it sucks that's not a good feeling but it would suck more to get covid yeah that's what i'm saying (laughs) or even maybe it wouldn't that's the thing oh that's true maybe for you as an individual okay it would it would not suck it would suck if i know i gave it to someone that killed them or even if but you might never know if you're never symptomatic and you don't get tested you could pass it on to people and they might die or have a severe reaction you you would never even even know. know right and that's why I don't want to have that weighing on me. I don't want that to be in the back of my mind. My number one priority for this is my mom. Yeah. Because And you second because you were asthmatic. Right. But my mom being older and having health conditions mm-hmm. or pre-existing conditions um, and having watching, doing a favor for us, watching our child three days well, a week. So that we can work. Yes, (laughs) it's I that is so fucking selfish. I know of me. And to me, it's just again, it's weighing out the two options. All right. What is the more important thing to do? The more important thing to do is to not have these gatherings and follow traditions for one year. Mm -hmm. One year. Well, if you you were sick, literally, if you were really sick and there was no pandemic and you skipped it. You would be like, I'm, I'm fucking sick. I can't go. You yeah. wouldn't still go. Well, here's the thing. The fucking world is sick. Yeah. So you, you can't go. 
Right. You can't do these things. Yeah. That's it's the same thing. I think it's gonna be interesting the the concept you brought up of the the COVID hangover kind of thing. Yeah, I because feel like either people are going to act like, oh, everything's great. Everything's yeah. fine. We'll pick him back up, which is right. I'd what like I like to do that. Exactly. Me too. But th- for me also, I'm going to be like, you fucking thought this was fake and yeah. it's over. And <laughs> what? how can I trust you with anything? That's what I was going to say is that I feel like there's a potential for a lot of people to be in this situation. If they are, especially if, if you are one of the people who are in a situation where the rest of your family like doesn't, if you're the lone person who's taking it seriously and nobody else thinks it's real or you have certain family members or friends who are in denial or they're yeah. anti-maskers or whatever the case might be. Um, like it, it, I understand the whole concept of like, well, everybody's going to deal with it the way they're going to deal with it and assess their own level of risk and make their own decisions and have this individual freedom and blah, blah, blah. I do understand that concept, but at the same time, like after this is all over, I feel like there's something in the back of my mind that's like, am I really going to ever be able to look at these people the same way? No, like, you won't. That's what I mean. I feel it's going to affect You can interact with them. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I'm not saying this is a reason to cut off your relationships or your friendships with these people by any means, but like, I just feel like you can't take it back. Like, you made decisions that could have killed people. Like... Yeah, it just is really hard to reconcile that. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are going to be in a really awkward position with these nagging thoughts in the back of their mind, at least in the immediate aftermath. Well, it's also, um, you know, before being an anti-vaxxer was sort of in the background. Oh, yeah. You didn't necessarily know who was Mm -hmm. an anti-vaxxer. Right. And now you fucking know. And compound that with the election. It's and yeah, everything that happened anti maskers, anti vaxxers, anti science, anti fact, anti data, yeah. anti, you know, what in just deductive reason, all of it. Yeah. You know, it's out there. Right. And yeah, I'm going to look at people differently. I mean, my only hope around that is that maybe once we're able to be around each other again on a more regular basis that there will be conversation around some of these things and maybe everybody won't just try to like tuck it away and pretend like it never happened. Um, well, I also want to make it clear. I did say, yes, I'm going to, uh, what I say, that it, it, I'm going to think of you differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat anyone differently. Right. I'm not going to treat someone poorly well, or negatively it doesn't, as it's a result gonna, of having yeah. anti-vax beliefs. It's not going to end your relationship with the people or No, but your it's going to be or, like, I don't know if I want you around my child. <laughs> yeah, but that's with any vaccine. I mean, well, if you have a young child who's not able to be vaccinated, I just you don't, don't want them I around want my someone child who's, hearing your soliloquies. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it depends on how open they are, I guess. I don't know. I know it's, this all sounds very judgy as I'm saying it, and I, I don't like that, but... It's also just the truth. I, I These are I the mean, things I look forward to for post-COVID. I know. It's going to be an interesting time. Like, who's going to be invited to my house? <laughs> I know. Or our house. Yeah. Not that person Yeah, well, the there. COVID stuff is going to... Uh, the COVID vaccine is going to be its own, you know, of are we going to interact with someone who's not getting the vaccine? Or are we going to have to let them go for even longer because... They refuse to get vaccinated. And if we have a child, we don't even know if kids can get the vaccine yet. They're the last on the importance. But ha- but list. were they part of the trials? No. It was 18 yeah. people, 18 and over. So it, it hasn't even been tested on kids as far as I know. 
Um, so if that's the case, if she like if our daughter can't even get the vaccine, then I'm going to feel the same way. I f- it, then I only will want her to interact with people who are vaccinated. Right. My point is when it comes to people, it's going to be a little especially around the holidays. I understand it's not as easy as I'm making it seem of just let them go. Ha <laughs> Do your thing. Right. I get it's difficult and I get the holidays are a time where people get together. We did a whole episode on Thanksgiving last week in which, you know, it's about being together with your family that day. I don't think of the myth and the origin, the genesis of uh, Thanksgiving. I think about the people that I'm around. I think about everything mm-hmm. I have. Right. It's very difficult to do that without people around you. It's very, yeah. Well, I mean, you could still reflect on it, but it, it amplifies that sort of gratefulness mm-hmm. when you're with them. Um, and when it comes to Christmas, for me, I love Christmas. Yeah. I love it. And I love giving people gifts. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. And that is somewhat taken away from me. Not really because we're, I mean, we still are doing it for our child. And that's yeah. number one. And for me to you. But Well, and we're going to be doing it virtually with a lot of our family and I know. It's just, again, I, I sympathize with the it's not the same narrative, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. I get of it. Not. But let it go for a year. And it's not like you're even letting it go. Your cliche way, putting it on pause. Yeah. That's, all. I, that's the other thing is I feel like it's possible to, um, you know, kind of stagger your gatherings in small groups and depending yeah it, it, it could be it, it right it's totally variable based on what you do for work and your ability to quarantine and what kind of testing is available to you and stuff like that but um i feel like there should be some level of like okay we we haven't seen these people or these friends or this part of our family in months or almost a year we're gonna do x y and z here's our plan are you comfortable with that are you able to do this and let's Let's pick a date and quarantine for two weeks and all get tested and then we can get together. Right. Like there are ways to do it, I think, in most circumstances. Not to say it's not challenging, um, but I think we just have to do the, do the best we can and be creative as much as possible. Because, of course, spending time with your family, especially around the holidays, is important. Yeah. But, you know, that whole narrative of, and I don't mean to be dis- disrespectful to anyone, but I see it often where, you know, I don't want to not spend time with my family because what if they're gone after this? What if it's their last? Yeah. And I'm saying, what if you make it their last? Exactly. You know, what What if you're the reason it's the last? Right. You know, chances are if everyone does nothing, chances are you'll have another one. Right. But if you all get together and that person Without gets... Without precautions, Yes, that person yeah. gets sick... And gets COVID and, you know, God forbid, dies. That's the reason it's their last. Right. Yeah. So this, the safer bet is skip it. Mm-hmm. Just put it on pause for a year. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like uh, Christmas with go. the cranks. Yeah. We're skipping Christmas. Yeah. You just skip it. Just skip it. <laughs> no, probably no one else has seen that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Next week. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, record on Saturday because my birthday's Sunday and the Bills are playing the Steelers at so night. you're going to be tipsy. Knock <laughs> on desk that it actually happens and COVID doesn't get in the way because I'm really looking forward Gosh. to that. So many players have COVID right now. Yeah. I, it's, 
even if the Bills, all of them have COVID except for the practice squad, I just want to watch the game. <laughs> You're going to be eating your new Josh Allen cereal? Yes. My Josh Jacks. <laughs> I got them in the mail. So funny. Shout out to eBay. <laughs> I paid $9 for two boxes. Yeah. Four fifty for cereal. I mean, that's kind of average for the big boxes. Um, but I, I'm going to be 35 next year. Next year. Next week. <laughs> uh I, I guess you're going to be responsible for that. We'll do some bo- birthday-related reflective on self. I'll think of something. How stupid I am kind of <laughs> thing. Um, and then the following week, that would be the week of, I guess, mo- that Monday's the 21st. We'll do something Christmas-centric. Yeah, Maybe something fun. Maybe movie countdown or debate some polls and, and traditions, yeah. whatever. We'll make it jolly. Yeah. Make it nice. Yeah. But, uh, hey, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. I know it's a difficult time. I hope this conversation was, you know, at least tugging on the heartstrings in a good way. And it maybe helped you out a little bit. Um, made you feel Yeah, not you're alone. not alone. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you like what you've heard, please gently caress the subscribe button on whatever <laughs> platform you're listening to this on. Um, and especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and a quick review. Um, if you'd like to participate in the upcoming Christmas episode and you have a tradition that you'd like to share with us or a favorite movie you'd like to share with us, or if you want to tell me why you are wrong in your <laughs> thinking that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it's not. Um, let me know. And you can get in contact with us by... Um, you can uh, interact with us on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you could have said by interacting with us. Sure. <laughs> Words just left my brain. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash while she's napping. On Instagram at while she's napping. Or on Twitter at she's napping pod. Or you can send us an email at while she's napping at gmail.com. I'm going to be 35 next week. Yeah. If right. only it was a year away. That's right. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. All right. Uh, Till then. Go yeah. Bills. Bye. Peace.